everybody. Welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name is Basil. And this is Gons. Thanks for tuning in. And you are listening to our little pre-intro here. We've got a great conversation, but we wanted to just say a couple things before the show. But we had a conversation with Grace from Really Graceful YouTube channel. Yeah, she was uh, really cool to talk to and, you know, just learning about her experience of going through a transformation from regular YouTube vlogger to Truth Channel. And it's all just there to consume. Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of truth bombs dropped. So get ready for that. It's going to be awesome. But before we get started, just wanted to thank everybody for leaving your ratings and reviews on iTunes and whatever podcast catcher you are using. They're really helping out. We got on a couple lists here the past month, and that's all because of you guys. Thank you very much. Also, uh, for those who have not yet, go over to our Facebook. Give us a like. It's all the good stuff over there. Our Facebook has actually become kind of a hub for Face Like the Sun videos, Canary Cry News Talk, Canary Cry Radio, the Joy Spiracy Theory. You get a whole bunch of good stuff um, just by liking that page. So you can do that to keep up. Uh, Gons, any other housekeeping before we get started here? Well, uh, there's a bunch of stuff, but I don't think we're ready to share any of it yet. No, we're not. I, I will give a little bit of a teaser, though. Our current fundraising platform many of you are donors thank you very much for that but you may have noticed that your cards are not getting charged so we uh you know all this internet shenanigans keeps on rolling and so we are looking into alternate ways uh, for you guys to uh, support the show so keep an eye out for that we're gonna be putting together some pretty sweet things for you guys so yeah excited to share that with you guys but not yet not yet not yet i know you're just Waiting to throw your money at our faces, but <laughs> anyway, especially once you find out what we're doing. I know I'm so excited. Okay, all right. Well, let's get uh, let's get right into it, Guns. Let's do it. Yahoo! We are opposed to and cry war to the knife with everything that opposes God and His truth. But towards every man, we would still endeavor to carry out the holy maxim: love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. The Christian soldier hath no gun and no sword, for he fighteth not with men. It is with spiritual wickedness in high places that he fights, and with other principalities and powers than those that sit on thrones and hold scepters in their hands. I have marked, however, that some Christian men, and it is a feeling to which all of us are prone, are very apt to make Christ's war a war of flesh and blood instead of a war with wrong and spiritual wickedness. Have you never noticed in religious controversies how men will fall foul at each other and make personal remarks and abuse each other? What is that but forgetting what Christ's war is? We are not fighting against men. We are fighting for men rather than against them. We are fighting for God and His truth against error and against sin. Listening to Canary Cry Radio. Hey, everybody, welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name is Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 120. Yes, that's it. I don't have any clever thing to say about this one, but yeah, I try. here we are. Yeah. Well, the reality of the satanic cabal and their nefarious activities have been trickling out for months, and this Blood of awareness has brought many folks to speak out publicly about these issues, but few are able to deliver these truths 
on platforms like YouTube with intellectual integrity, honesty, and grounded in Jesus Christ. Matthew 10, 16 says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent or gentle as doves. And our guest today certainly encompasses this passage in more ways than one. The Really Graceful YouTube channel has nearly 65,000 subscribers and almost 9 million channel views. Welcome to Canary Cry Radio, Grace from Really Graceful. Thank you. Thank you both so much for having me on your show. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Um, Gans first showed me your channel uh, fairly recently, and I gotta say, as somebody who appreciates uh, a good thumbnail, you really got your thumbnails on lockdown. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for that. I'm, I'm happy to know that you think my thumbnails are great, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I started my YouTube channel. I don't know if y'all know this. I started my YouTube channel about six years ago. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it start it started out not at all what it is now like not not at all. I yeah, began actually, my YouTube I, channel in college. Earlier this afternoon, I uh, was enjoying such videos as um, you know your your analysis of One Direction lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, watched a, a great little video about uh, nail polish. It's a little yes. different from what you're doing yes. now. Yes. <laughs> you know, I started my channel back in college when I'm not a talkative person. So it was like an exercise and being uh, more social and open to uh, just speak to a camera and speak in front of people in a very indirect way. And I started out just doing videos on whatever I watched. So at the time, it was beauty videos and and just silly videos. But it's really it's really taken a turn. I took a break and I I got older and actually had a little bit of life experience. I got a job out of college and started Whoa. on that. Then then I I missed my YouTube channel, you know? I started freelancing and I was starting to actually care about things aside from uh how you can dry your nail polish with Pam nonstick spray. I, <laughs> I began to care about other things. So it led me down this windy path of the YouTube truth community. And now I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it might've been the most fun sort of evolution to watch happen because we got uh, you got a video on, you know, a Hobbit gingerbread house. You got candy cane Oreos dunked in beer. You've got a, uh, like you said, the, the pin, this is what I find interesting. Four years ago, you have a video uh, called Pinterest Lies, Volume 1. And this that was your last video, it looks like, before your break, your about three-year break. And I was watching this video, and I can hear little pop-ups of like classic, uh, you know, conspiracy videos, little, just little key phrases. You were oh, really? Pinterest lies. <laughs> I'm here to expose these lies. And, and this is language that we see pretty, ooh, hi cat. Um, pretty often <laughs> with, you know, the, 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 eh, eh, I'll call them conspiracy videos. Um, we'll figure out a better name on this conversation. And then right after this Pinterest lies volume one, like three years later, Reddit stone tear conspiracy and the devil has a name and it's George Soros. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's quite. A, it's, it's a bit of a one eighty, truly. You played. You played the long con. You you got all the got all the people who wanted to see nail polish in One Direction videos, and then you brought them the truth. Yes. What's hilarious is I had about I don't I think I had about twenty thousand subscribers when I left my YouTube channel after grad school too go to my job and those people they're still subscribed to me and they leave comments every now and then about how they used to watch my old videos and and they're 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 enjoying it too i love seeing that i love seeing the transition we you know you can still care about things silly things have fun and also open your mind to what's happening in the world because i think it's really important to look outside your own bubble and see how the world works Amen, sister. Well, you've definitely got a a bunch more subscribers now. I'm interested in what happened those three years. Yeah, the mysterious three years. The lost three years. The lost three years. That's a conspiracy theory in itself on my YouTube channel. Um, (laughs) Everyone thinks I joined the CIA in that time, but it's really not that exciting. I got, well, I got a job right out of grad school. I had about one interview. Uh, I wanted to move out of my parents' basement, full disclosure. And I was willing to do whatever it took. So I ditched the YouTube channel, finished grad school. And the first interview I ever had, I landed the job and it was way, way above my, my experience level. And I was at that job for about three years. And I I worked across... Do y'all remember when the FedEx shooting happened? It was the FedEx building in Atlanta. It it made national news. It was back in 2015. I worked right across from there. And it happened in the morning, and only the shooter died, thankfully. I mean, I'm sad he died, but he didn't kill anyone else. But during that time we had a lockdown at our office and it was the day we would do the weekly marketing meetings. I worked for a medical company. I was in charge of the marketing team and I was going through my, I mean, how many hits we got on our Facebook page and how many retweets we got on our <laughs> Twitter page while people are dot. You can hear gunshots in the background. Wow. And it was, it was one of those moments where the, I'm looking at the boss and we're still going through all these things about the earnings, the hits, whatever life goes on, but no one else cared. There was no empathy. And it, it, it struck me as, okay, people are, people are, people's lives are changing like yards away from us and we're still just going at it. I mean, we're still talking about Facebook. It's Wow. It was it was just a, a moment to me where I was thinking, okay, maybe it's maybe it's me. Maybe this isn't <laughs> what I need to do with my life. If this is, right. the, I don't want to have this mentality. So <laughs> I started freelancing, and I I do like I'll I'll make um, promotional YouTube videos for lawyers and and. Art, uh, artists like art galleries and stuff like that. I just do marketing now, but that freed up a lot of time for me to make videos on topics that I cared about. And did you care about these topic the topics topics um, like four years ago during uh, you know Troll Tuesday and things like that, or was this was that part of that three year journey as well? Like when did you start 
waking up? I started getting really interested around the election cycle, but I'd say before then, with I had vaguely followed all the FedEx shooting kind of truth that was coming out. And that was my first kind of uh, toe in the water for getting on YouTube and, and looking on the forums for alternative news outside of what the, the news channels were feeding us. And around, do you remember, when was the Ferguson, the Ferguson riots? I believe that was late 2015. That sounds I, about right. I was up watching that about 1 a.m. and watching how divisive the news was being on the divide and conquer. It's us versus them. It's it's black versus white. All these things, and I I saw I saw it really clearly then how the narrative could promote an agenda, and that's when I start. And that's when I turned my TV off. <laughs> that's when I canceled cable and started looking for other news. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ferguson was uh, August 2014. 2014, there you yeah. go. Man, it was that long ago, huh? It's crazy. I know. Three years ago, almost. Yep, um, yep. It, it is funny to go through your old videos because you have stuff about your dog. You have stuff, you know, uh, reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, <laughs> it's it's just such a different world. What do you think about some of the stuff you did before? Have you thought about taking it down, or do you think it's just you know, kind of a, a good way to show people like, Hey, um, you know, people can change or people can learn new things and, and evolve and all that. I think that a lot of the criticism I receive is, or skepticism I receive on my channel is because of the juxtaposition of who I am now versus who I was, um, back when I started my channel. But I look back on those videos and I think it's, I think it's great to see the change to see. I think if I deleted those videos, it would be, it would be so not genuine of me to assume that a, a person just you pop out of the womb saying, yeah, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. It doesn't happen <laughs> like that. <laughs> so it's interesting to see the transformation. And I think for a lot of people, they have this idea of what, uh, they, they call them conspiracy theorists, but I don't consider myself one. I think there are enough coincidences around all the circumstances that I, I, I cover or events that I cover on my channel that it's no longer, we're not in conspiracy realm conspiracy is so it's out <laughs> yeah it's, yeah. Not, it's so, not so much a theory anymore it's more yeah. of a fact yeah it's yeah. all last week so um i i, I think it's interesting i know what you're saying it's so different now and to for me to be reading 50 shades of gray and like analyzing the literature full disclosure i'm an english major so i was doing that on my channel I went to grad school for English as well. So it was, it was fun to break down all these popular kind of texts, but um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of, a lot of people who contact me, they identify with where I was at four years ago. That's where they are now. Right. So, yeah, that's interesting because I think you're right. I think people can find your channel, I'm sure they would relate to some of the stuff you talked about before. And then, you know, oh, I like this channel. Let me click around what's new, you know, that she's posted and it's about Qatar. Or it's about, you know, all this crazy stuff. Right. I think that's good because that that's how, especially on YouTube, right? Despite the fact that, you know, there's, there's some censorship happening now. Um, that's how YouTube is so great. You, you can get people to run into your content and share truth 
And uh, amidst something that, because I always get comments on my videos of people saying like, how did I end up here while I was watching a thing on Spider-Man or like just <laughs> random things, you know? And and I get it. They're like, what the heck? Why, you know, why is this, why did I land on a video of some crazy guy talking about, you know, uh, demons and Jesus for some reason or whatever, whatever the situation is. Um, but so I think that's, that's great. I think that's a really good thing for people to see just the transition and, and just, you know, where you've been, what you've learned. And also not hiding it is it's actually going to work in your benefit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely with the internet, you know, if people want to make a, you know, grace exposed video, they're yeah. going to find your old videos no matter what well, people, people will use your old videos anyway. So yeah. If they oh, really want to go after you, they will do that anyway. I know. And I found a line here for anybody who wants to make a Gracie exposed video because I'm, I, I will be doing that. So don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. This was in your video. Oh, it was about the, the one direction video. And uh, here's a little line that uh, maybe you, you, you want uh, to oh, talk about oh, a little bit. Oh goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, quote, I'm not telling you this because I think there should be less Disney songs about sex. In fact, I think the opposite. Exposed. Exposed. Oh exposed. Oh my. <laughs> See, I just have no, to... I have no comment about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come back to get you. Um, but okay. All right. There you go. There you go. Hey, remember people, it's, we're all, we're all making our way downtown walking yeah. fast. It's a journey. Yeah. You know, one thing that doesn't change though is trolls. And I, and I noticed that you've been doing the troll Tuesdays. You know, uh, do you still do those? Oh, no, not anymore. But what I did at the start of, of coming back and I would, uh, I would take the mean comments out of my comment section. And I found this correlation between mean comments and horrible grammar, punctuation, syntax, and general message <laughs> disclosed in the, uh, in the comment. Lock. Yeah. And I would. I would correct the grammar in the videos. <laughs> and That's really clever, when, I, actually. when I did it three years later, it was like riding a bike. It was, it was uh, so easy to get back into. It's really funny. That is funny. That gives me right. ideas. That's a, that's a good idea. I get interesting comments on my channel. I should highlight them. YouTube yeah. comments are grammar. like, like the comments you'd find scribbled on the bathroom wall. <laughs> <laughs> in your high school it, it they're they're some of them are amazing others are not so amazing but equally amusing yeah definitely now, now did you have like um as you started to to question sort of you know the, the mainstream narrative and what you've been fed was there a resource that you went to in particular was it a, a book that you read or a movie you saw or anything that really helped you kind of identify and understand what's really going on Hmm. I did. Wa oh, I watched Boys from Brazil, which no one. And I whenever I bring up Boys for, from Brazil, have you seen it? Have you seen Boys from Brazil? You know, I, I haven't. But I, I think I've heard of it before. I've heard somebody talk about it. It's a 1970s movie, and it it is about how the prominent Nazis went to Brazil after World War II, and mm. Dr. Mengele set up clinics afterward and clone Hitler 93 times or something like that. And at the time I thought it was really 
off. I thought, I thought it was absolute fiction, but there are, there are pieces of it, which are really true. And that in particular interested me because I did, uh, I did a semester in Germany about the Holocaust and, uh, propaganda actually. So, so learning, trying to read between the lines of what happened versus what we're told is very interesting to me. It's, I believe history and, and history taught in the classroom is one of the easiest ways to indoctrinate people and control their thoughts. And when you start to unravel history, it can be really dangerous for people who are trying to control the the narrative. Because actually, if you look, um, project, project, uh, not project market. No, no project paperclip operation paperclip is, was implemented in 1946, a year before the CIA was invented or instituted. And it was where the United States government took prominent Nazis from Germany and incorporated them into our space program. And also, I believe it was um, aerospace as well. So they incorporated them into the military um, building, like the different kinds of jets and things, and also NASA. So that part's true of Boys from Brazil. You can dissect a lot of pieces from Boys from Brazil and find a great deal of truth. And it's free on YouTube as well. There you go. Yeah. Was that a was that a narrative or was that a documentary somebody made? It's just a fictional movie. It's just okay. it's just a movie. But yeah, <laughs> that's what that was one of the first things I watched where I it made me think. Yeah, that's really interesting. With the Project Paperclip stuff, you look at the 1940s, the late 40s, and man, that was it, you can tell that this is all programmed and systematic because right after World War II, you have all these Global institutions get formed as well, um, and you're right. The the Nazis coming into the U.S. to help with the space program. Um, you look at the breakaway civilization topic, and uh, there are good researchers in that area as well, showing that billions, trillions of dollars in loot from the World War II um, have been basically captured by uh, the elite in the U.S., but also the elite in Japan. And uh, it looks like, uh, you know, they have been using some of that capital to create this sort of, you know, not just a black budget, but a black, black budget where who knows what's going on. But, you know, you said you like to to meddle in facts. So I'm curious if there was, and I guess this is sort of the same question to the last one, but in terms of like, was there like a a piece of info that was like, whoa, that really kind of like knocked you in the head and bothered you for a couple of days and, and, you know, I mean, I had one of those early on. You know, what was at yours? The World Order. Um, you know, I think mine. It, it, it was a series of things, but for me, it was it was really looking at the alien topic. I was really into like alien. I mean, I grew up with all the movies, Fire in the Sky, indoctrinated into the concept of aliens out there. And so, when I was first saved as a Christian, I was wondering, like, okay, wait a minute, how does the Bible does it have an answer to? the whole alien thing. And it was really, it was messing with my head for a really long time. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I heard, uh, there's a guy named LA Marzuli on coast to coast AM. I was listening to, you know, the, the popular show there. 
and he was he came on and he was talking about the guidebook to the supernatural and he was talking about Yeshua and all this stuff. He wouldn't use like the church buzzwords, you know. So I was kind of curious, like, what is he talking about? And then understanding the perspective from Genesis six and all that. Um, I think it was that interview though from Eli Marzuli that I listened to and I went, Oh, there's like a deeper answer to this. And it seems like the biblical view, like the Bible prophecy view and all that, that's kind of the key to understanding all this stuff. Um, so that was, that was it for me. I mean, it, obviously it was a lot of different things, but that, that's one that really sticks out to me. Is there one that, that really just, you know, uh, cause I mean, literally until I came to that understanding, I was like, I was messed up, man. I was, this is, I think it was even before I met Basil. Um, it was like right around the 2008 election. Mm-hmm. And I was all, you know, I was very skeptical and suspicious of government to begin with. I've always been kind of against authority and all this stuff. So I was kind of, you know, my mind was going nuts about that. And at the same time, you know, uh, I was trying to find answers, just being saved, trying to understand stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can get into it more, but it, and I've talked about it before on this uh, on the podcast and other places. Um but yeah, it was it was one of those things where oh, it clicks and there's a bigger picture, and then it trickles down to transhumanism and all that stuff, and and tied into all that are the globalists who are running the show, and running the whole system and trying to push it forward, and then learning you know that it's all satanic, like they're literally mm-hmm. satanists behind it. Um, that was kind of a big deal too. But you know the the pieces all kind of came together. <laughs> that was kind of a big deal. A big piece it was, um, <laughs> because because it's one of those things where when you first hear about it, it's like yeah, I don't know, I don't know if they're really satanists. I don't know if they're really pedophiles and you know doing all that stuff. Well, that's what I thought too. I was, this can't be true. Yeah. Satanists. That's not when I thought of satanists. I thought of you know people who get around and they they in a circle worship this little red devil with a tail and horns. Right. Like a theistic thing, right? The theistic right. Thing is, that's right. Kind of that's a joke. what I thought. Yeah. And Not if you anymore. actually look at the Anton LaVey, you know, church of Satan, they actually, there's different brands of Satanism, right? There's kind of like the, Oh, it's just a name. It's more of a humanistic kind of approach. Um, and then there's your actual like theistic Satanists where they're like, no, we actually worship Satan. Um, and then, and then you have people doing sacrifices and you look at the secret societies and I don't know, I'm just going off on, on a crazy little tangent here, but, um, right, right. Yes, but, but, but to answer <laughs> your question, mine, what mine's just built, it's a series of things like yours. It's one thread unraveled the entire thing. It's what happens when you, when you start asking questions and actually wanting answers instead of just being placated with, um, silence from who whoever you're trying to get answers from, but, but I don't, well, okay. I was trying to think it, it was a series of things like my granddad, he died from agent orange exposure with, uh, you know, Monsanto used to, uh, manufacture agent orange and he was in Vietnam and he, he had all kinds of complications from it. And that sort of made me as a child, because I was always told as a child, that's what it was from. So I started doing research on it in high school. And I mean, now I am looking at Monsanto as a whole, as a company as a whole. And there are so many, so many things in our food and everything. And um, I don't know. I, I have a bunch, a bunch of different kind of things that picked my, picked my brain initially well, that's I definitely get, a big one. The Monsanto one. Yeah. Uh, I find that 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 aspect of the 
you know, the secret life of corporate America is, um, is a real big one because it affects your food and it's, it's the, you know, it's pretty well documented and, you know, the effects are felt every day in different ways around uh, the country and the world. And, um, you know, it's really a great starting point for people who are just starting to wake up because, you know, nobody wants poison in their food. Um, and sure enough, you can, uh, you can do the research and it's a great introduction to waking up to the world. It certainly is. And the way I see it now, which I would have four years ago when I was analyzing One Direction lyrics, I would never would have said this, but everything that God created to nourish us, it seems like it's under attack now. Our food, our air, or our water, everything God created to, to sustain us, people use now to, to kill us. And it's hidden and you have to uncover the truth for yourself, but it's truly, it's truly there. Um, I had, I also had an issue where I was going to the doctor and he was giving me steroids for this allergic reaction I was having back in 2015. And, you know, when you're given medication and it, it solves one thing, but creates another, you're just kept in the cycle of going to the doctor over and over and over again. It almost seems like it's by design. And at that point, that's when I started looking for different holistic kind of methods to counteract the reaction I was having. And if you're curious, it's because me and my, me and my grandma went to go clean out my great aunt's hoarder house, which caught fire. That sounds fun. (laughs) My family's really interesting. Um, and I had an allergic reaction from the house that continued for three months. And I kept going to uh, the, the doc, my lips would swell up. I, it was like being stung by a bee and I'd go to the doctor and he'd put me on steroids over and over. And turns out there was, there was actually a, a natural remedy for everything that I could have been given from the very start and wouldn't have had to be on steroids for months, which is not pleasant. And it, and it also makes you angry. <laughs> And, um, it, yeah, it, there's a bunch of things. It, and the more I look into it and the suspicions I had or started to have, uh, re- after I <laughs> ended my YouTube channel, um, they're being confirmed now. And there's a lot of answers that I'm uncovering on this path to learning more about the world and what you brought up Gons, about, about Satanism is truly one of those things that the more, the more you look into it and you think it's just people acting evil out of their own volition because it, because I guess it makes them feel good. Yeah. That's part of it. It, you know, I covered Pizzagate after I was covering the George Soros Reddit stone tier election stuff because I, the spirit cooking caught my attention. I thought, no, no way, no way. These people Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, all these people are getting around, sitting in one room and drinking breast milk and blood and all these things. There's no way. So you start looking at that and it becomes very clear that, yes, yes, there is a way that this happens. (laughs) There is a way. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I, I mean, I went to... 
I attended a private Christian school for most of my most of my life. I attended a private Christian college too. They, you think they covered that? No, <laughs> no, no way, no way they covered that. And my whole view of the reality of religion and my own path on, uh, to God, it, it's been, it's been uh, quite, quite tumultuous and interesting as it pertains to my YouTube journey as well, because the more research you do, the more answers that you find in the Bible. Yeah. That it was already predicted long ago. Yeah. You know, I find it interesting when it comes to YouTube because YouTube is the center of so many different journeys people are on, you know, whether they're waking up, whether they are, you know, just uh, really, really passionate about nail polish um, you know, YouTube has become this weird, like center of our lives online where we can click around and get all the information that we want to get. Um, whether a, a Gon Shimura face like the sun video pops up when you're trying to watch Spider-Man or whatever the case <laughs> may be, it's really this weird city square kind of like Facebook. Well, you know, Facebook is obviously the same way in its own way. Um, but YouTube, I mean, I f- feel like is even more influential. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on with YouTube right now. Some, some use the term censorship. Some use the, you know, there's lots of different, uh, policy changes being made, but it does seem like, you know, the, a video perhaps <laughs> calling out Hillary Clinton on Satanism is going to be one of those ones targeted that, uh, you know, it will get its, advertising pulled which you know that's to some degree they have the right to do that i believe um but you know also just getting buried and and not getting attention from the algorithms or things like that so it's it's an interesting place that you're uh you know a content creator that you're participating in and uh, I, i don't know i just find it interesting but there's also a lot of weird stuff on there and maybe we don't need to move to this now, but there, um, you mentioned before the show something called Elsa Gate, um, and it's it, there's some weird stuff going on on YouTube. <laughs> Why don't you share a little bit about that? Right. Well, like you were saying, YouTube is the hub of all information or some information, which is both good and bad. It's a source of entertainment for some, knowledge for others, and. A lot of parents use it to babysit their children. I, my nephews, they, they're on their iPads a ton, and they go on this YouTube Kids app, which you would assume it's uh, you have the parental controls on what they can and cannot watch. And this kind of content on you, the YouTube Kids app, these videos are curated by YouTube for the target demographic of, you know, whatever it is seven and under, just, just children. But it would be like, um, the shows I watched before would be Barney and stuff like that. When I was a child, that's the equivalent of what's supposed to be on YouTube kids now. And, but, but recently a lot of people have uncovered that there, there's some nefarious content on this YouTube kids app. Some content that parents might not be aware of that will have negative effects on their children. And Elsa Gate is the 
is the term used to cover that, that kind of fear of stuff. It's these, these reoccurring themes happening within these cartoons or adults acting out these scenes with, um, you have children's icons like Spider-Man and Elsa and the Joker and the Hulk. And then you have them acting out really adult and inappropriate situations like, like, um, like being injected, a child being injected in the stomach or Elsa shooting people or Elsa getting her fingers chopped off or Mickey Mouse um, uh, using the bathroom and uh, all these themes. And it's not regulated on the YouTube Kids app. It's like what you were talking about with the, um, I was watching Spider-Man and now I'm on Face Like the Sun YouTube channel. It's similar in the sense that, yeah, a, a child could be watching Peppa Pig and then be on these videos where they're having Elsa in bondage and her being groped. So it's very concerning. And it also, I'm sorry if you hear my dogs in the background. <laughs> That's okay. okay. We got all sorts bad. of little friends. It's also concerning in the sense that what kind of, if children are watching this while they're it, for hours on end, what messages are being taken from these videos unbeknownst yeah. to parents? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because there's been so much conversation about, you know, teachers at school or even, you know, Sunday school teachers in Sunday school or that, you know, the things that influence our children, the people we just leave our children with <laughs> on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. And, and the kinds of influences that can come from like, oh, you know, it's just some guy who became a teacher. It's just some woman who's volunteered to teach Sunday school. I hope they don't mess it up too bad. But then you just like put an iPad in front of your kid and just leave it. And the, it's like, is this a self-regulating system? The kid knows how it works and it, you get, you get a couple hours off. Um, but yeah, it just, I was actually, I have a, a friend who has a, a, a young baby and as well as a couple other kids a little older. And yeah, she was telling me about these videos that would pop up once in a while. And it's just so weird. But I noticed that she didn't doing, do anything about it. Like she didn't do anything to regulate it. She was yeah. kind of like, oh, well, YouTube will take them down. And with all the work that YouTube does to regulate other types of videos, and I'm sure they're trying to do something about this Elsa Gate problem, I would assume. Um, but well, maybe that's a good question. Are you aware of any uh, steps being taken by YouTube to fix this problem, or is it just too much? They're, they're well, pretty prevalent. There's a lot of these videos. Right, right. And they're big money makers, too. These videos and these channels, they'll have millions of views, millions of subscribers. So if so if YouTube were to regulate this sort of content and shut those channels down or not allow them to upload onto the the children's YouTube, what kind of loss, what kind of hit would YouTube take from that? Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's just that ad really, revenue. 
Yeah, it's ad revenue. And there's also kind of a, a disturbing element to it. And I don't know if anyone's, I've been casually watching videos on this because back, back in December, I believe I, someone had told me about these webcam from videos where children were being, their webcams were being hacked or they upload webcam footage to their channel. And it's, it's borderline, you know what I mean? And it's monetized by YouTube or taken by, by, um, nefarious YouTube channels and monetized and, and curated in such a way that's really, it, it shouldn't be online. And they took down those videos. Actually, they totally, they totally took those down and that was good. But here we have something that really, it, it, it borders what's appropriate and what's not. And it's, if you watch these videos, sometimes it's cartoons. Other times it's adults and children acting these scenes out. Scenes of kidnapping, scenes of bondage, scenes of children having their stomachs injected or um, them injecting adults in inappropriate places. Often a lot of defecation, I noticed. Yes, yes. And what's up with that? What, what, what's happening there? Didn't Denver, didn't they like legalize defecation in public or something for the, uh, uh, what is it? The, the, the refugees, the refugees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that a know. thing that happened yeah. recently? I, I heard some about that, but it's interesting because with these videos, they're, they're very strange. Like they've got very strange, uh, music and the, the these adults in like costumes like dancing around and all these i don't know it's just if you and that's going back to the thumbnail subject i mean if you see it you see the thumbnail and you just see like oh it's some sort of kids video and so it's no it's no surprise that a kid will just see a colorful thumbnail with elsa on it and obviously we want to you know absorb all of elsa's body of work we got to watch this one um and they sneak their way into these like kids playlists it's very strange and you know why are the comp why are corporations in america not pulling their advertising from these types of things i don't know that's right, that's what right. that's what's upsetting me it's like you'll you'll want to pull a video that even mentions hillary clinton and the possibility of a medical scare and but you know when it comes to just the weird, subtle programming of children in kind of a weird, sexualized way. Yeah, that's fine. It makes a bunch yeah. of money. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be okay. I want to know why. Back in high school, my school got sued <laughs> for using a character that was a trademark character as their mascot. But in these videos, you'll have people capitalizing on proprietary characters that yeah, are owned yeah. by Disney. Yeah, this should be copyrighted, right? R- right, copyrighted. Right. And they're making tons of money. These videos have 200 million views. What's that translate to in YouTube revenue? That's, that's well, a lot least, of money. At least $20,000. A lot of dollar yeah. signs. Yeah, I mean, if, if an illustrator online is making like a, you know, a cartoon strip or something online, uh, you know, and they make, they draw Mickey Mouse, I mean, that thing will immediately get taken down. 
They're mm-hmm. especially Disney is on top of it when it comes to that kind of stuff. And yet these weird videos are still floating around. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. I, I don't like it either. And I, I'm strangely, uh, I have to keep watching them and noticing things because the more I, the more I notice about them, the more I see that these adults in particular, the ones acted out by adults instead of cartoons, they're shot in these homes that are not occupied by anyone. They'll open mm-hmm. up um, their their furniture, like their closet or their drawers. There's nothing in the drawers. There's nothing in the closet. And so I'm assuming that's a studio. And, and these people are uploading all day, every day. But as soon as they upload, they'll immediately... I caught one five minutes of being uploaded. It was a YouTube video with, uh, I mean, it was a YouTube channel with a million subscribers. It had, um, 300 views within five minutes, but it had 2000 likes, 2000 dislikes in one comment. And as the comments rolled in, they were all bots. So Mm. I'm looking at this, not from a perspective. I mean, I think you, you as a parent should control what you're this is an easy, easy fix on the parent's behalf. Just, just uh, screen what your chi- what your child watches on YouTube. But on a deeper level, with these channels, I would like to know who's the big money behind these channels. Who, yeah, right. If yeah, they're, they're not getting sued. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it costs money to get a bot to come onto your video and get all the likes, dislikes, and comments. And those types of things boost the algorithms that puts it in front of more kids. And, you know, it's, it's kind of an investment when you make it, when you make a video and you're trying, you're specifically doing it for monetary purposes or to get people, you know, obviously to get more views. That's what you do. You drop a, you drop a handful of cash, get some bots to interact with it. That'll push it towards the viewers you're trying to get it to. And unfortunately, it's the kids. And with all this weird Pizzagate stuff and Pedogate and all this kind of stuff and the, and the programming we already see on live television, you know, the, the cartoons on Nickelodeon and, and the Disney Channel and things like that are already more sexualized than they ever were when I was a kid. Yeah. And so it's just, it, I don't know. It, it's even, even if, and this is something I like to have. It, when I'm talking with somebody who's a, you know, who's an asleep person, even if this is a coincidence that all these things are are coming out at the same time and being pushed on the children, even if it's not some big global conspiracy to sexualize children early for one reason or another, you know, the the situation is such that that's exactly what's happening, and yeah. steps need to be made. First, like, like you said, easy fix, parents. Take care of your stuff, man. Like, yeah, stick, stick to uh, keep an eye on things. You can't just let the iPad babysit for you. Um, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with trying to catch a break once in a while, but you can't let the internet raise your kids because it's not going to turn out well. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have a situation like this, which I assume this has been going on for quite some time. I think the YouTube app launched a few months ago and this has gone under the radar of, of a lot of parents and what are, what kind of messages are, 
what's being taken away from these videos on impressionable minds, developing minds. And I think part of it is mind control on, on a certain level. It's desensitizing children to, or normalizing it um, to all these kind of fetish themes and inappropriate themes, but also it's, it's exploitation of children as well. I saw one channel where the father acts like a baby and he, he, it's supposed to be entertaining on some level to children, I guess, but the, his children, they act in the videos with him and he'll routinely make the, the three-year-old child cry and it's it she's crying on a fictional scene being played out but still that that's a that's a what do you do to make her cry right three yeah. three-year-old children shouldn't be doing that right yeah that's weird and you know even if they censor all that stuff and they're like well we'll just stick to the more normal stuff i mean there, there's plenty of evidence out there people have made you know videos pointing out the hidden sexual messages in a lot of the disney movies and stuff um, but it's not even hidden anymore, I don't think. Like, there's a, a Disney, you know, sponsored uh, movie called Descendants. And it's supposed to be, you know, all the evil characters from all the Disney movies. They're all on this island or whatever. And um, the first one was really successful, so they have a second one. And the theme song, <clears throat> the lyrics are just like, okay, these are, you know, you got kids singing this. And I pointed this out the, during the first one, but... Um, so we got all the ways to be W-I-C-K-E-D. That's like the hook, mm. right? We got all the ways to be wicked. Um, and, you know, just scrolling through the lyrics here, a fairy tale life can be oh so overrated. So raise your voices and let's get activated. Like what? Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's weird. Um, long live having some fun. We take what we want. There's so many ways to be wicked. With us, evil lives on the right side of wrong. There's so many ways to be wicked. Apple, apple, dip, dip. Want to try it? Tick, tick. Take a bite. Come on, be bold. Change the way the story's told. Whoa. I mean, there's <laughs> like, I, I got to think like the people writing these things, they have to know, right? They have to know that they're planting seeds of, I don't know, you can just call it what it is, wickedness or or just, you know, uh, evil and making it cool. And, and that's not new, right? That, that's kind of happened in mainstream media and entertainment. Um, but this is Disney Channel. This is for kids, you know. And I think even if they censor all the, the Elsagate stuff, just the, the, what you're going to get from the Disney Channel by itself is already heavily propagandized, or propagandized uh, to indoctrinate children into all these different things. So... Yeah, it's one of those issues where you can't get away from it. I don't know, stick to Veggie Tales or something. That's about all you can do. I'm wondering what the workaround is as a Gons as a parent. What are you going to do when your child is like, well, you know, well, let me she'll just be have too that busy back. with uh, sword fighting lessons to watch any YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah, Basil has deemed uh, uh, my second daughter here as the post-apocalyptic warrior samurai princess or something. So. Uh -huh. she'll, she'll be fighting off all the the evil globalists with, yeah we don't need to worry about her with Ooh, swords or something good, good. <laughs> but but in all seriousness um I, I did some research and read up on you know some of the clinical studies that have done on children and and generation screen is what some people call it because you know the kids born these days are screens everywhere and even even my daughter i noticed that if i'm holding her and the tv's on she'll gravitate towards the tv 
and she'll just start staring at it because it's just flashy lights, you know, for her now. But it's just kind of like, oh, they're naturally attracted to that. Um, and, and I, the, some of the clinical studies said that, you know, you don't want uh, kids to really have too much screen time until the age of five. And I'm like, man, at five, that's a, <laughs> that's tough. Cause I've seen kids that, you know, three or four years old already playing video games and with iPads and all that stuff. Um, I'm, I'm just going to try to limit the time that they're on it and just, you know, really try to control the content as much as I can. But that's all we can do other, other mm-hmm. than just no, no technology or, or just limited so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the loose plan. I don't know how it's going to work in practice. <laughs> the loose plan. <laughs> well, because right. especially once they, you know, once they start making friends and, you know, oh, my, you know, schoolmate or whatever has a an, an iPhone or iPad or whatever. And then, you know, the, that whole thing, that whole conversation of why she can't have one or whatever, you know, that, that stuff I'm, uh, I think my hairs are turning gray, Basil, thinking about this. <laughs> Well, uh, by the time that your daughter is uh, ready for an iPhone, things are going to be so crazy anyways. An iPhone. Yeah, it'll be an iMe. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> implants uh, or uh, contact lenses or something. Ooh, yeah. I hope not. I hope not. But children still, it's it's difficult because children still need to know how to use technology in order to be successful in the world. You know, they, now, they've yeah. got to know how to use it. But at the same time, it, it there's clearly an attack on children as there always has been. I, I could say the same for the television programs I watched as a child. Obviously, obviously it takes a lot. If you grew up with that, if you grew up watching it to deprogram yourself, it, it it takes a lot, but it's possible. Yeah. I think you, you said you like kind of the, the natural remedies and things like that, that, that direction I think is appealing and it should grow because you know, I think about kind of what can go down with like an EMP or uh, some kind of just more totalitarian, you know, internet machine, robot, AI system, whatever they're building, the sort of way we can fight against it, or at least preserve our communities and our families is to be able to be self-sustaining, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Grow your own food, um, you know, have your own farm and, and, or just at least a community of people that are in understanding the situation of what the world is doing and perhaps working together, that sort of stuff I think is way more effective um, in practice. Uh, obviously it's a little bit harder to pull off, but uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get my daughter into some of that stuff, you know, like planting and cooking and just the basic it. stuff, because then I feel like she'll be more grounded in yeah. how to deal with stuff away from, you know, the computer screen. Get her I doing some people, 4-H. Maybe when four, people offered solutions like that, Instead of saying, you know, the world is doomed. I love when people offer solutions like that for, for how to raise your children and what to do to fight the new, the new world order or whatever. Grow your own food, learn how to sustain, sustain yourself. Things like that. It's great. Buy gold. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I just throw that in there a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is a conversation that I know as podcasters uh, in doing Canary Cry Radio for many years, that's a question we get a lot, right, Basil? I mean, people want to know, hey, what do we do with our kids? Like, how do we teach our kids some of this info? What do we do with, you know, they're playing video games, they're doing this, they're doing that. And at a certain level, it's like you can't stop them from doing so, especially when they're a little bit older. Um, you know, you, you can't. Like my daughter, my other daughter's 16, and she's yeah. playing video games all day long and talking with friends and making friends from around the world. And can't really stop her from doing it. Uh, just, you know, got to keep an eye on her and make sure that she's not getting into any, any kind of trouble. 
Yeah. Um, and you got to be careful too, because you can get into some kind of unhealthy parenting styles as well. If you're trying to control everything that yeah, your kid's exactly. doing. Yeah. So it's more about education about the situation, more about, you know, I mean, you can even, I think, especially with the, now I don't have uh, kids, but I've had this conversation with my cats when I leave them at home with the iPad <laughs> is, uh, you know, hey, some, some videos, they're going to be a little weird. They're going to seem weird. You should probably just click off of those because when it comes down to it, it's going to be your child's responsibility to, yeah. to monitor what they're watching. However, you, you do get some, uh, you get some, a grace period, uh, in, uh, the early years where you can, try to be a good example with that type of stuff yeah we'll see how we'll see how it plays out in in my family but in in your cats basil we'll see how the cats turn out you know (laughs) keep us updated on the cats (laughs) (laughs) they they haven't figured out how to use the remote yet so oh that's good (laughs) yeah they have this game on the ipad that's it's just a bunch of fish uh swimming around but um and they, they touch the iPad and they get the fish. But every once in a while, an ad will pop up. And I'm always worried that uh, <laughs> oh. when the ad pops up, they'll accidentally stepped on, step on the buy now button. Or or activate can... the, the, the cat inside the alien. Yep, exactly. The alien inside the cat, you mean? Or Yeah, what did I say? The cat yeah. inside the alien? Yeah, the yeah. other way. No, my cats are inside of aliens. Um <laughs> Oh, okay. So there you go. There's a little bit of Elsa gate for people out there. If you haven't heard about it, I know this is, there's videos going around about this. People are doing a good job of exposing it. I'm assuming, right? Oh, oh, definitely. There's this channel called the outer dark. Have you heard it? Yeah. yeah. His name's Ed. He, yep. he's done a, a couple of videos on it and they've been really informative and good. I think that's part of it though. You have to inform people that this is a problem in order for parents to realize it it is a problem and then they can just make the choice to screen their what their child what their child is watching yeah let's change directions just a little bit and i'm curious to get your opinion on this um i've heard you mention i can't remember if it was a video or one of the live streams that you're skeptical of wikileaks and you had some very good points about wikileaks and um you know, just, just not buying everything. Obviously they did reveal things. I'm not suggesting, and I don't think many people are suggesting that the stuff that they revealed is not true. Uh, but there are questions about Assange about, you know, is he really alive? Is he just a controlled, you know, opposition? Um, he recently came out and talked about how, you know, we're going to have brain uploading and all the same stuff that the globalist, uh, technocracy people are saying, what, what's your opinion on WikiLeaks? Well, When I first started into this research and making videos, I put a lot of faith into what WikiLeaks released, and I have no doubt that what they release is true. But my my skepticism is more targeted towards why and when they released the material and for what gain, what purpose. Um, Because you'll notice they haven't released anything on 9-11. Right. And um, hasn't Assange gone on record to say, uh, or like believe, not, I can't remember if it was more in line with the main story or there was something weird about what uh, Assange said about 9-11. He said right. 9-11, 9-11, what, did, what was I trying <laughs> to say there? He said 9-11 truthers are annoying. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So that's 
in- interesting. Which he I was, mean, you can't necessarily disagree with. Yeah, them that's on not that. exactly untrue. <laughs> true, true, true. It's just interesting to me that he hasn't released anything pertaining to 9/11. But he was also backed at the very beginning by Jemima Goldsmith, Gold Goldstein, and she is connected to the Rothschilds. So. Mm-hmm. Could it could it be a rogue Rothschild who's trying to expose some sort of truth? I, uh, sure, <laughs> perhaps. Um, I believe she's also an editor of a pretty big magazine as well. But it, he has some interesting connections. And as I was doing research for my Finders video, and I'm not don't quote me on this because it was circumstantial evidence surrounding it, so I can't state it as fact. But Julian Assange grew up in Australia with his mother and his siblings, and they were in this cult called the Family, which is a yeah. cult a cult in the in Australia similar to the Finders as it pertains to the United States. There's and, some great uh, documentaries about the Family. Yeah, and like on Netflix, it's called the Family. He was part of that. So if that's part of your childhood, what, what's the takeaway there? And is it still affecting him today? Is, is the agenda of the family still affecting him today? Or has he, has he freed himself from it? And I think there's still questions too on, on his, um, what happened to him after he released that, that key, the dead man switch and the, right. the, the little, um, whatever you call it, the, the code associated with it, it seems like he's not been the same since. Yeah, and and I, I think you mentioned something about uh, one of the ways actually that's really interesting that people can prove that you know they're alive is to uh, take a picture or a photo of yourself or whatever with the latest block on the blockchain well, on Bitcoin or, or Ethereum or whatever because that's what a uh, Vitelli, uh, gosh I can't remember his name, the guy who created Ethereum. There were rumors about his death right a, a couple weeks ago. And to prove that he was alive, he held up a piece of paper and wrote down the latest block on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, you know, a good way to do that. How come Assange hasn't done that? You know? So that is interesting. That's, that's, um, you know, if he is really alive, uh, and then there's, uh, obviously there people have talked about that video where there was a glitch or something, that kind of what, stuff is hard to... What do you think to, about it? What do you think about the glitch in that video? It, you know, I don't know. It's tough because everything is digitized now. That kind of thing can happen, you know, uh, and I say it because (laughs) there's a video out there of me and an interview I did on like Skywatch or something. And somebody took a clip and said, look at just his eyes glitch. Why does his eyes glitch? He's a reptilian and I'm I'm a reptilian now, according to this guy. So I get that little glitches can happen. However, that the one that, uh, with the Julian Assange is very interesting. It does look like some kind of CGI edit, but again, hard to really come to, you know, conclusions with it. I don't know. Basil, what, have you seen that before? I haven't seen the Julian Assange glitch video, although I believe it uh, happens. You've got a great one. You've got a yeah reptilian eye in yours. Um, <laughs> so what's, what's the deal with it? His I mean, what, collar, what does it look his like? collar changes shape. Yeah. Within huh. within the shot within the frame, it actually elongates at one point. Yeah, you know it's strange, and it's one thing I I the only real response I have to glitches like that is if somebody was doctoring it, you know, a real 
somebody who's good at yeah, they would catch doing that, that right? sort of thing would catch it. It's yeah. an easy fix to make. So it's just interesting to me that, you know, if there is a glitch, my instinct is not so much, oh, it's fake, uh, don't listen to it. It's more like, why would th- the creator of a, a doctored video leave a glitch in there? Is it a signal to something? Are they trying to create... You know, controversy. Controversy. Are they trying to spur on the conspiracy theories? What are they trying to do? And maybe did it get doctored to look like a glitch? You know, you could have the the double agent type of thing. Maybe somebody took the original video and then, you know, it's not hard to to put something in there that looks like a little glitch just to throw people off the scent and so distrust into Assange. Now I'm not a I'm not an Assange head, as they're so lovingly called. Uh, that's a term I just made up. But, um, <laughs> but you know, so I, I really don't have any stake in the success of Assange or not, unless he really is trying to do good, in which case we all have a stake in it. Right. So, but, and that's where things, with all of this, things get a little squirrely. And how having a conspiracy, you know, aware mind can actually sometimes be a uh, detriment's a strong word, but can definitely make things more complicated than they seem. Right. It's the confirmation bias because right. if you had said, Oh yeah, Oh, definitely. Julian Assange was definitely uh CGI in that video. Let's, let's speculate. Why let's speculate about why. Yeah. And then there are all these circumstances around the time he released that key where all the files on WikiLeaks were changed their date their release dates were were changed to 1984 and the Whoa. codes on them were changed to 101 which people speculated referred to uh, room 101 in George Orwell's book 1984 right so why would they do that i would assume that they did that for a purpose not to just make people talk that I, that's what I hope <laughs> anyway, but that they wouldn't do that just to bring attention to themselves. So right. why the question then is why? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough now because it seems like I understand the skepticism and, and, you know, the layers of skepticism because like even recently, right. We just had the whole CNN blackmail thing mm-hmm. and you know, at first I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, another Project Veritas video showing, you know, the, the insider, inside look at CNN people and, you know, what they're saying about stuff. And I'm like, well, obviously we we knew what they thought. Now it's just out, you know, on record kind of thing. And then the backlash from CNN, you know, going after, what is it, doxing, right? Threatening to publish their name or whatever. Yes. And then, and then the internet exploded, right? Like the alt-right people were like, oh, this is outrageous. And, and certainly it is at a certain level. But I, I started to really kind of think, wait a minute. It feels like the whole alt-right thing is, is being played. Like, like either that or, or it's just a manufactured chaos. Just the way everybody started freaking out about it. And everyone's in total agreement about CNN and, and all this. And, and certainly, obviously, we know that CNN is like a controlled propaganda mouthpiece. So that's not a surprise. I just think it's weird that there's this like concerted effort to fight against each other. And, and there's this pinning, this, this right-left thing that continues on, right? 
And, yeah. and I just see it's, it's, it's very strange to me that, you know, people that were fairly libertarian kind of independent researchers, um, because of their, you know, outspoken support for Trump are basically, you know, Republican all of a sudden, right? It's like not, not because they chose to be, or, you know, maybe they're not even Republican, uh, publicly, but that's kind of what they're doing. And the right left paradigm persists. And so I, I don't know, I just feel like there is a psychological operation at every level, but it, then at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute though, because if I say that, then, then when does it end? You know? Right. Um, well, it's, it's a, it ties into this whole, uh, redefining of truth. You know, I mean, that's, right. that's becoming the, the cultural phenomenon of all of this is that truth is being redefined and truth can be found and exploited and tampered with basically. Yeah. Uh, just depending on your biases, depending on, you know, all the things that we already know about, but somebody seems to be making a concerted effort to make things so complicated yeah. that, uh, that things just get buried. Do you believe that the alt-right in general is manufactured? Sure. They're genuine people. It sure people. seems like it to me. Um, yeah. Especially the higher or the bigger names. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to go after Mike Cernovich per se, uh, you know, but I did, obviously he was the one that held up the okay sign, the six, six, six sign. And my, my question was just basically if, if it's known in the truth community that that is a six, six, six symbol, you know, if you're posing with it, and why are you plastering it everywhere? And I guess, you know, oh, it's because of the whole Pepe meme and all this stuff. But even that, it's like, okay, but you guys realize that that is symbolically, you know, you can go back and read the, the, the satanic books and stuff that talk about how that represents um, not just 666, but also, you know, uh, pretty, pretty bad stuff, like uh, pretty abominable things. So I just find it strange. And the other thing, you know, touching back on Assange for a moment, um, Assange had that uh, rape case, right? He was convicted of rape or, or I don't know if that case was dropped or not. Right. It was dropped. It was dropped. Oh, well, it was dropped recently. Okay. And then also Cernovich, right? I think he had some kind of history. Um, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something. He got sued over something for sexual assault or, or something. And so there's a pattern. I mean, that's just two people and I haven't done enough of the research to say, but it seems like they have these folks that are in the limelight have some kind of history or some something that can... Um, that can be used as leverage for them to, you know, become public voices for a particular movement or a particular worldview. And maybe not, maybe I'm just reading way too much into it, but in terms of like the alt-right, uh, I think there's a genuineness uh, or a genuine part to it. I think there's a lot of people who are genuine that are, you know, identify with it. Um, but in terms of the media angle, the, the alt-right media, I, I, I'm not, I'm not just skeptical because for the sake of being skeptical, um, you know, when you look at Alex Jones, he does, you know, report on more true things than, you know, a CNN or an MSNBC or something like that. He's going to give you more of like what's really happening in terms of the drama in, in politics. But at the same time, um, you hear some of his rants and, and I've pointed it out before how he's pushing the same exact new world order agenda. Right. Is, I, don't, I don't think people recognize that, you know, but he's like, oh, we're going to go to the stars. We're going to uh, live forever. Or Trump's going to release all the high technology that's been suppressed and we're going to live in a utopia and they're going to have statues of Trump on Mars. And it's just very strange, you know, and, and his the thing that was the kicker for me was when Alex Jones said, um, you know, go look it up. The new Atlantis, Francis Bacon. 
And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He's, he's yeah, the he's one that's pushing the new Atlantis. Yeah. It's like, um, that's the whole new world order thing. So I don't know. It's just weird. Right. Yeah. And with the alt right thing, I mean, that, that's a, it's an especially new term. It's an especially new phenomenon that just kind of rose out of the election cycle. Um, and I mean, I remember Gans, I think it was a news talk or something. And we, we couldn't tell if we were the alt-right or not. Like yeah. it hadn't been defined yet. It hadn't yeah. been defined well enough. We couldn't even tell if we were part of it or or even what it was necessarily. Now through the mainstream media, it's basically just a code name for racists and bigots. Um, if you, you know, if you want to take their definition. But that's but, the thing though too, right? Like that, that would incite us to be like, no, you know, to defend ourselves. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and that whole part of it too seems like you're being drawn into the whole right left paradigm. But well, well yeah. that that's exactly right. Is any any sort of outlet and grace this includes you who is, you know, telling any sort of truth now is almost automatically deemed alt right. Even if you just talk about conspiracy theories, you know, it's like conspiracy theorists have been lumped in with this alt right. And who and it's the hilarious part about it is conspiracy theorists don't want to be left or right or middle or anything like you have to the whole part of it is is to opt out yeah. um i mean i think in its purest truest form of waking up you it's more of an opt out of the system rather than take a stance on the left or the right now certainly you know most well i don't know many who would call themselves whatever, whatever truthers or awake or whatever. Many of them would call themselves, you know, socially conservative. However, there is a big liberal uh, population as well. And, and everybody's kind of focusing on their own thing. But uh, I mean, I think in its truest, purest form, if you're going to wake up to what what's going on in the world, it's, it's not even calling yourself a centrist or anything. It's you got to opt out completely of the system. I agree. I agree. And when I started making videos back um, about nine, nine months ago about Hillary Clinton and the election, I I felt invested in one side. And now after after getting a little more information, getting a, uh, hopefully a little smarter, um, I see that it's just it politics right now. I don't know if they've always been because I just really started paying attention in recent years. Like I'm 25 years old, so so I, I don't so have that much a, experience. You get a pass, but, right? So I I see that, and I see the division. I see that it's the divide and conquer, and I see that it's being used. So we have the alt right, and we have Antifa, and they're both pointing at each other, throwing things at each other, so they don't look up Literally. and see who's who's pulling the strings on this, so they don't focus any of their their hatred or their their anger at the person or group of people who's actually causing them these problems they they feel so passionate about yeah yeah and it's it's funny to see if you look throughout history i mean the the manufacturing and the control the mass control of fringe groups such as antifa and alt the alt right I mean, that's been a strategy for world leaders for thousands of years. Yeah, no, they've been doing that for a long time. Uh, even, uh, you know, I related to even Japan, 
you know, when, when America's first came, they kind of, they, they basically divided the country from within, right? They armed the rebels on, you know, the, the people that rebelled against the emperor and stuff like that. So they, they definitely stirred up more violence and revolution. Um, but, you know, the, Basil, you said conspiracy theorist. And, you know, it's been it's been well known now that the phrase conspiracy theorist was a you know, creation by the CIA in 1967. So even that phrase was created as a way to sort of deflect or uh, push away any criticism of officialdom. And you know, so that's why, similarly, perhaps it, the label alt-right was just a replacement for conspiracy theorist because, you know, conspiracy theorist, uh, you know, not the most fashionable title i guess you can use <laughs> right. um you know you call yourself a conspiracy theorist at a you know thanksgiving dinner or something and they're like oh he's the crazy <laughs> uncle or whatever yeah. um so yeah it's it's i think it's interesting how words have become so weaponized and especially in this social media age words the definition of words are changing very rapidly and and you know hashtag something completely changes what things used to mean there's certainly a breakdown, I think, of even just language uh, to the point where we're just getting so confused because we can't agree on stuff, you know? Um, I have uh, examples of when I use the, the title, Christian. Uh, there's my dog. Sorry. I agree, with, I, I agree with you. And I do you notice that as soon as we have this distrust coming out from CNN and people are canceling their cable... We have Alex Jones and the people like Alex Jones and whoever on the alternative media, they're who you turn to now. They're waiting. Yeah. And what are they promoting? Same thing, just rebranded. Yeah. 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 I was, I'm sorry. The dog's quiet now, but I was going to say the the title or the, the label Christian, when I say Christian, mm -hmm. it means so, so many different things to different people. You know, to some people it's like, oh, you, so what, you follow the Pope? It's like, well, no, that's you know, a little more Catholic or whatever. Like, you, you know what I mean though? Like people have different definitions of those words now. And, um, but I think you're right. I think Alex Jones, he's, he's, he's one of the guys that if he was genuine at one point, maybe he still thinks he is. Um, there are people that I've talked to that I supposedly know him or have run into him who said that, you know, he's legit and blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know. I take it with a grain of salt. I, I think, um, you know, they report on more truthful things, I, but it's almost like they're just the normal media that was before. Right. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like the, the real journalism that was happening prior to basically the, the 2013 Smith and Mund Act that was lifted. I, I always point that out because I think to me it was such a like, oh, duh moment um, right. when they when Obama legalized propaganda, political propaganda. In America, now you see how it's been used in all sorts of arenas. And I think Alex Jones and InfoWars have also benefited from the lifting of the Smith and Mund Act because now they can just be total propagandists for Trump, you know? So it's very interesting how all this is taking place. And ultimately, I always say it's a spiritual battle because, you know, we're, we're going to get lost in all the minutiae of, of all, the, all the dealings with uh, the, the world stuff that's going on. Uh, what about for your channel? Do you, Have you... What kind of people have contacted you in terms of, you know, people you're helping? You know, have people said, hey, I, I didn't know about this. I'm learning. I'm, you know, I'm awake now. What kind of positive feedback have you gotten? Oh, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. I, I, my favorite is when people tell me that they watch my videos with their family, with their, their teenagers and 
stuff like that. And, um, that they've canceled cable and they're trying to figure things out and they use channels like mine as a resource for that, which is amazing. And I have so many people contact me from all walks of life who, who feel in a way they, they echo what you've said. It's a spiritual battle, but in another way they feel uplifted because people are awakening in a way. Yeah. I mean, from my point of view, all I see is awake people (laughs) because that's, that's who, who's contacting me. But even, even my dad, the other day when I was doing a USS Liberty video, he didn't know any of that. And he was in the Navy for four years. He didn't know that, uh, Israel had ever attacked the United States. And so that was new to him and it it spurred a lot of research on his end because he thought I was lying and and it it just all confirmed it. And I think that's happening on a massive scale with channels like mine, channels like yours and, and anyone trying to just share a little bit of truth through um, whatever outlet we're given. Now, here's something I noticed, at least on the videos that I was clicking through I was not getting any ads. What's up with that? Are you not monetized or did they take that away from you? Well, I got an ad on one video I uploaded last week and I I was thinking, oh, (laughs) yeah, one ad. We're feeling blessed over here. (laughs) But um, I don't don't know what's going on with YouTube. They demonetize. Gons, have they demonetized your videos as well? Yeah, particular ones. I've I've been really ever since the beginning. I've been because because I've had this tr- problem for much longer than just now. Um, you know, anytime I published anything that had to do with the Middle East, um, or you know, obviously I understand if the word terrorism is in the title or something like that. But I've run into the issues uh, for a while, and I've done my best to play the game a little bit it's not always easy. And there's sometimes when I feel like, oh, am I compromising the message because of this? And I don't think I am. Um, I wouldn't do it if I, if I felt like it was, but I've, I've tried to use verbiage and titles and stuff like that. And, and tags to not incite the uh, YouTube robots to go mm-hmm. crazy. Um, it doesn't always work. And sometimes you just got to let a video go like, Hey, I'm just going to forget the monetization on this one because you know, the info is more important. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It's it's hard because you know you, you can't just say what you want. You can't just title something what you want. No, because definitely not. Uh, yeah, because they'll they'll get out, come after you. But yeah, I've tried to work around it a little bit as best I could. I changed my channel type to entertainment. Um, I noticed that that helped a little bit, uh, oh, just because. Interesting. Yeah, because and and you know because if you're news and politics, you're a big target, right? Like, like oh, they're really watching what you're saying. Um, but if you're entertainment, it's like, ah, oh, it's just entertainment. You know, <laughs> you can just play it off as like, oh, it's like right. any other, you know, movie or whatever. So I don't know. It, it doesn't always work, but that's one strategy. Um, another one is just look, you know, finding keywords or key phrases that, uh, and I got a little more, and you're, you were in marketing, so you know, create kind of a buzzworthy title yes. where, you know, like, oh, it's all coming to an end or things are crazy or whatever. And like. You just get, you seem to get more clicks when you title videos like that. Uh, you go to Jason A, he's a big YouTuber. Um, you know, he makes videos of stuff going on in the world. And almost you look at his list of names of videos and they're all like 
strange things are happening now. You know? And they're vague, but you, they're, they're vague. intriguing. You're like, mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, or like, yeah. or like, why isn't anybody talking about this? And it's like, well, what's this? I want to know, so I'm gonna <laughs> click on it. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, he he's figured out, you know, how to how to get some of those videos uh, viral. But at the same time, you don't want to just do that because then it gets redundant. You look at his list and it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's crazy. I never had to worry about this when I first start, when I first started YouTube, do you think I was ever worried about getting censored or <laughs> get, getting my videos taken down? Cause YouTube didn't agree with what I had said, even though none of the content is particularly offensive and I haven't violated the, the community guidelines. I never had to worry about that. The biggest scandal that ever happened in the, uh, the, the, the other side of YouTube would be people not disclosing that their, their video is sponsored. <laughs> right. That's, that's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so salacious. Yeah. yeah. Have you gotten, have you gotten, um, like not copyright strikes, but sometimes, uh, matched content? Like if you show a clip or something. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've always tried to fight those and I have a template that I use that's based on the four points of fair use and reiterate those four points and explain why those four points apply to the video or the clip you use, because it is unfair. Like if you use a 30 second clip of something and your video is a half hour and you're in the, you know, the copyright owner of that 30 second clip gets the monetization, that's not fair, you know? So either you can just say, okay, forget it you know, I'll just lose money on this or, you know, give money away to whoever, uh, or you can at least try to refute it. It doesn't mm-hmm. always work, but for the most part, I found that if you explain it and I, and I can share with you the template and maybe it's something that I'll do in terms of making a video about it. Cause I think it'll help people. If you hit on those four points, you usually they'll lift the, uh, the, uh, whatever the copyright strike or whatever. So yeah, there's, oh, there's a little message I've, I've gone through a lot of things and I've had to do a lot of reading of the legal papers of fair use and, and find out if I'm actually in the right about this legally. Otherwise I wouldn't, because if you go to, you know, if you take it to a certain level, then they can take you to court, you know, if, if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hasn't gotten to that point. Every time I've gotten to that, that point and they have the opportunity to take me to court, they just dropped it. Uh, and I think there's a time limit. There's like a 60 day or a 30 day window where they have to respond. Otherwise the, the, the hold gets released. And of course those things might all change and might become obsolete as, uh, you know, the uh, Chinese start taking over everything. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, but that's good to know that that's great that you can work around that for now, at least. Well, I mean, it doesn't always work, but it is something that, uh, I've, I've spent quite a, a amount of time researching, trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, not because I'm like trying to make money off the videos, but I want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's a fair system. And the other thing though, and I know Grace, you have a Patreon. Um, and I, I'm a subscriber to your Patreon. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and you know, I think there's a movement coming also where there's going to, there's going to have to be a better model for advertising in general. I get emails from people saying, dude, you know, the ad that played right before your video, you know, check this out. And it's just like the worst like it's the nastiest. Thing. Oh gosh, it's oh, like the I most terrible yeah. thing. And I'm like, uh, I guess it's. I mean, and it made me think like, ah, I'm making money off that. Like, ah, I don't know if I feel good about that. Um, and one in particular was 
my word of encouragement videos that I make every week. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a word of encouragement video. There's nothing like satanic or nefarious or anything like that. It's like trying to encourage people with the Bible, Bible verse and all this. And the ad that played before it was like some French video making company that was like, like all satanic and like women with bikinis running around and like weird ritual things happening. And I'm like, really? They picked that ad to play before my <laughs> word of encouragement video? Like, come Almost on. Almost like you know? it was purposeful. Yeah. Almost like it was purposeful. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, I don't have any proof, but it was very strange that they would play that ad before, you know, just a, a little Bible study. It, that is very strange because you'd think in the tags that they would target your demographic that you're trying to reach. Right. With the ads, that's how it works. You don't just randomly play um, an ad about, I'm trying to think, an ad about cars to someone who, whose Google searches uh, imply that they bicycle to work. You don't do that. Right, right, right. Right. Now, Grace, here's something. As a fellow content creator, you know, we get a lot of uh, emails and questions about how to talk about this sort of thing with, you know, our our normie friends, uh, those who are <laughs> very much... I love that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> those who are very much, uh, you know, kind of still in the mainstream way of thinking. Um, I'm assuming that you get people asking you but you know if there's somebody out there right now who perhaps has been spending a little bit of time doing their research but just can't quite figure out how to share it with people one-on-one uh do you have a an answer for that do you sure well we were talking early about the crazy uncle at thanksgiving who's the conspiracy theorist you know you don't want to be labeled like you don't want to just go off on a tangent after somebody ask you to pass the mashed potatoes. Um, <laughs> you, I think the best approach is just to be there for people when they have questions and plant the seed of curiosity there without being, without going into this. I've noticed that a common delivery a, across a bunch of channels is it's kind of a condescending tone. And I've come across that in real life as well. Whenever you're trying to have something explained or, or point you in the right direction. Um, I think the best approach is just to be friendly and open for questioning. If somebody asks you um, about a certain event, like the CNN thing, oh, did you see the the CNN uh, doxing thing? And you could just point them in the direction of what CNN stands for and how 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 the narrative has been controlled for a long time, and just maybe like point out some examples. Then then I, I would probably just leave it there for right. for people to ask questions afterward. But there's a right. tendency with people who are really passionate about the topics they're, they're speaking to and about because they're important um, to just go down this long digression and, and it gets kind of angry. It's kind of like <laughs> I, a, just a spewing of, of, supposed facts and and uh you know documents and things and you you kind of since you have all of this information sort of stored up in your brain you just kind of let it all out at once but it's much right. more it's much more of a seduction than it is <laughs> right uh, you know, and, and people, blast people with. i'm i'm like this i have to be given information in waves because i don't absorb the message all at once right. so if if you're talking to someone about uh, Monsanto or about 
about anything, about about the Bible, whatever it may be, about how events depicted in the Bible were uh, were predicted and, and correlate to the events happening right now, and they're applicable right now. You can't just give them twenty Bible verses at once and expect the person to to be knowledgeable. You, right. You've got to just plant the seed. Pick Why not? Curiosity. Why aren't they knowledgeable? <laughs> I tend to do that a lot, by the way, especially when it comes to like certain topics. I'll be like, and then Genesis six, and then blah 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 blah, and they're like, uh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. And then I go, oh. What are we talking about? Hot dogs? <laughs> yeah. I did this with, with my parents the other day. My dad had wanted the Apocrypha for Father's Day. And I was, I wanted to get him the Book of Enoch. And my father was telling me, <laughs> he was telling me that he got this chain email from his friend who had, we're real country in my family. So he's like, I got this Chinese email from my friend who told me the book of Enoch is about aliens. I don't want to, I don't want to read about no aliens. And, <laughs> That's awesome. And, um, I had, I already had, I had the book or I, I got, I got him the book. So I was telling him about it, <laughs> about how it gives context for the flood and everything. And I, I finally said, Dad, who are you going to trust? You going to trust a chain email? You going to trust your own flesh and blood? You know, what, <laughs> can can you help me out here? So it's it's a battle because people there's a big push for people to distrust any information that doesn't come from the news or a a, a source that they've previously deemed credible. There you go. So, yeah, yeah there that's you go. very true. Very true. Be nice. Uh, don't word vomit and be credible. <laughs> well, you should you should tell your dad too. Uh, just read the Book of Watchers. That's the the most genuine part of the Book of Enoch. The rest mm-hmm. of it starts getting pretty uh, esoteric. But yeah, no, that the Enoch thing is an interesting one too. People always bring that up, and uh, they they wonder right because the ancient aliens people used Enoch as like their you know document of proof that mm-hmm. we are visited by extraterrestrials and it's all just aliens. And it's interesting that your family even questions it though. That's good. You know, that at I least he's great. looking at it. Yeah. yeah because definitely. that's the thing that, that I think for me, it's, it's always been kind of bothersome is like, cause I became a Christian in 2007 or 2006. I started kind of looking into stuff. 2007 was when I was baptized and all that. And it, Within a few years, I was like, whoa, the world is crazy and the Bible's true. And then I walk around church and it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what, what are you, what are you, what? I'm not, it's in the Bible, like the Nephilim, Genesis 6 in the Bible. Yeah, the Nephilim, who are they, right? <laughs> Move on. And it's like, whoa, what the heck? Why is nobody talking about, I mean, like things are happening in the world that are very relevant to what was prophesied, yet nobody talks about that. I was very confused. Basil, you know, you know the environment that we were yep. in <laughs> to yep. kind of breed that kind of thought. But in terms of your faith, you mentioned it a little bit ago, but was there, was it a confirming thing for your faith that, that all this dark stuff, I mean, you know, people are always telling us Christians not to look into, just focus on Jesus. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. And I tell them, this is the most focused Jesus thing you can do because you know, you're, you're actually trying to make a difference in the world. You're trying to actually expose the lies of the devil uh, be salt and light, salt to prevent decay, light to expose darkness. So I don't see how it's not looking at Jesus, but then they're like, oh, you're, you're, you know, just associating with evil and 
It's all about just la la love and all this stuff. How has your faith changed through understanding some of these things? Oh, well, it's definitely been a journey. Like I said before, I went to this private Christian school and we, I don't mean to dismiss any, any kind of a subscription to any sect of Christianity, but the school I attended, it was, it was across the street from a, from a snake handling church. <laughs> and it, it was just a lot different. And a lot of the things they taught there, I left with the sentiment of, okay, I'll just go through the motions. And it, it didn't speak to me. And at no point has Christianity spoke to me in, until very recently. And it, while I was going through, um, just personal stuff and also the Pizzagate, the Pizzagate event <laughs> that took place and all of the uncovering of that information, very dark information. It made me look to the Bible and reference what was said in the Bible. And it, it confirmed a lot for me because while I was wading through really dark stuff along with a lot of other people, there's that moment where you're like, oh, well, we're, we're all doomed. <laughs> you know, Satan, Satanists rule the world. We're all right. doomed. But we're, it's our, people have dealt with that for forever. And in the Bible, it gives a message of hope that no, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So in, in reading about that and also just just speaking with a lot of people and hearing their personal testimony, my whole journey through faith has evolved. And I feel like my relationship with God has strengthened as a result of it because I, where I felt kind of doomed and pessimistic before, I feel really optimistic because there's a lot of light being shed in the darkness and a lot of, in a lot of, um, there's a lot of good happening. And I think a great deal of what we're told and what we're fed through the news is all doom and gloom, but the good's there. There's still, there's still a lot of good in the world. And I think that when you have faith in God, that everything will be okay. That's, that's the one thing. And, and also just, I know this got a little bit rambly, but as I look back on my journey, and see all these random steps I've taken. Like I would have never thought I'd be making YouTube truth videos, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I stopped overthinking things about a year ago and just said, okay, I'm, I'm down to do whatever God leads me to do. And a whole world is, it's opened up as a result of it. It's absolutely amazing. You know, that's a, that's a funny point. Nobody, Nobody looks forward into their lives and thinks, you know what? Someday I'm going to become a truther. It just, <laughs> <Yeah>. sort of, <laughs> just sort of sneaks up on you. No, I would have never thought that. Yeah. When I quit my YouTube channel originally or, or took a break, I was thinking, okay, four years down the line, I'm going to have a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'll get married. And like maybe I'll trade in my car, but never... In there, did I think, okay, yeah, I'm going to start making YouTube truth. <laughs> I'm going to start being a truther influencer. <laughs> I'm going to look Christian into Satanism truth. and dissect the esoteric messages behind <laughs> things. And I'm also just going to spend, I'm going to spend hours pouring over research of what happened in the past and try to, <laughs> um, try to decide which parts of history I've been fed that are, that are totally false. 
<laughs> well, someone's got to do it. <laughs> Never thought that, but it's, I mean, I, I am, I'm having a good time. I think it's, I think it's great. I think, uh, YouTube truth community, it's, it's a little quirky. <laughs> yep. People are a little paranoid and suspicious of each other, but all together, I think it's, it's a great thing. Yeah, good, the good, suspicious good. of each other is pretty funny. I'm, I have always been suspicious of Basil. Like, so have a lot of other people like, what is your deal dude <laughs> uh well thank you so much um your youtube channel is really graceful right correct youtube.com forward slash really graceful correct okay good yeah why don't you give us a rundown where where is all your stuff and make sure to throw your patreon in there oh okay thank you i you can find me uh on youtube really graceful. I'm pretty much on every platform, Twitter and Facebook. I'm really graceful on there. Um, I, I tweet at really graceful in my Facebook page is also really graceful in my Patreon is Patreon forward slash really graceful. <laughs> How many more times can I say really graceful? But no, I, I know it's starting to sound weird. Um, no, but it's all very good stuff. I've, I've been scrolling through uh, your stuff uh, for this, since last night, especially, and I'm going to continue doing that. Um, and uh, you do a great job. And also, people, if if you enjoy what uh, Grace does, make sure to check out the Patreon. It's the new. It's the only thing that's gonna, uh, you know, keep content creators content creating uh, besides just the goodness in their heart um, because uh, it, things are things are changing around here you got to be part of this new new economy and um, so we'll support you Gons good job supporting her on that half, yes, thank, half thank of, you half of, half of Gons is from me <laughs> thank you both then. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me on I've had a great time yeah, absolutely. We're happy to have you on and we'll uh we'll have to get you back someday. Now, now is when I ask if there's anything else burning on your heart you wanted to talk about, you just let us know and uh we can go for another 4 hours. Otherwise, um it, it was fantastic to have you here. Well, it's been fantastic to be here. I feel like I need to address your initial your uh, initial Disney quote from my One Direction. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a great closing. That's weighing on my heart right now. Bring um, it back around. I would, I would say, what was the quote? I feel like Disney should have more sex in it. You said, "I'm not, I'm you not." Said, this is you were talking about One Direction, and it was basically just a veiled sexual song put out by Disney. Mm -hmm. And you said, "I'm not telling you this because I think there should be less Disney songs about sex. In fact, I think the opposite." I think that right there is a prime example of how any programming on earth can be turned around if you ask enough questions, if you do enough research, and if you if you just keep your mind open. <laughs> and, Amen, sister. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to get together with my, my friends from college. We lived in a quad dorm. We would watch... Uh, what was it? Jersey Shore every mm. Thursday night, oh, and, yeah. and and I thought that was the be all end all to all college activity. These were the best years <laughs> of my life, and <laughs> this you know this just continues. And I'll watch reality TV forever. This is my entertainment. But there's so much fulfillment in turning all that around 
and actually finding the truth and, and, or at least whatever you can salvage from what's left, but, (laughs) but it's so great. And I would just really encourage everyone that if, you know, if you identify with me, if you're, if you're like that, if you're watching Jersey shore or whatever the equivalent right now is every Thursday night with your friends, just know that there, there's a whole world outside of that. And you may think you may feel like, you know, everything, but I guarantee you, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. And, and yeah, like I said, obviously I'm kind of poking fun at you here, oh, but yeah. the, the fact being that, you know, that, that was, we've, you know, we've all had times we've all, we're all just making our way the best we can. And, uh, I think leaving that video up and having those things out there and authentically available to anybody who wants to, you know, find a reason to pick at you, um, having the whole journey into truth that you've had available and open for everybody to see is, I, I think that's very valuable. And, um, you know, I think I think some people could stand to be more authentic about that because it's it is when you start taking down those videos that people will just dig them up and use them against you, anyways. So there you go. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, and I know you were just picking at me, but it, yeah. I think it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty hilarious, and and <laughs> well, I, I don't especially... know if you. If your if your whole life you remain the same, have you ever really lived? If your interests is right. if your interests never evolve, have you There's actually lived at all? A little bit better every day. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's very. Uh, I'm I'm glad we got to uh, address that. Okay, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> all right, Grace. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Gons and Basil. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, y'all. Well, there you have it, Gons. That was, that was awesome. It was kind of nice to talk to, uh, talk to another YouTuber. I know I, I know I get to talk to you all the time about your YouTube stuff, but you know, there's others out there. Yeah. It's good to know that I'm not alone in this this battle (laughs) on YouTube. She was also the second female guest that we've had in a row too. Oh, getting the ladies uh, up on the show here. That's fun. Yeah. Well, we want to thank Grace so much for coming on the show. Everybody, make sure to go check out that YouTube channel. She's doing a pretty good job. I got to say, as far as uh, a lot of the the truther type channels, uh, she's she's got an eye for for fashion, for thumbnail fashion. (laughs) (laughs) I know that grabbed your attention. I know. I liked it. Um, anyways, just as a reminder for everybody, we're going to keep this a little bit short here, but head over to our Facebook, like the Facebook page, Canary Cry Radio. Uh, liking that page will actually get you updates for Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, Canary Cry News Talk, which is our other show, which I think we should plug. Everybody should go check that out. Uh, just go to your podcast catcher player and search Canary Cry News Talk. It is our weekly show that we have been so very consistent at. I'm very impressed with ourselves, Gons. Yeah, yeah and um, there may be some changes coming there, too. But again, too early to, to really announce it. But yeah, we get messages all the time that when's the next episode? But, you know, we've been really consistent with Canary Cry News Talk. So definitely yeah, check it out. You- 
Just And it's just there to fill the void. Canary Cry News Talk is not replacing anything, just there to fill the void while we put together these shows for you. So go do that. You get your weekly dose. Also on that Canary Cry Radio Facebook, you'll get uh, the Joy Spiracy Theory, which is my other podcast, which is just... Uh, I'm so very blessed by and it has a growing listenership and maybe you think that uh, sounds kind of weird and that you're not into it. I'm telling you, there's some good stuff there. Just search The Joy Spiracy Theory on your podcast player. How are we going to take Other, over Facebook? So, uh, so over Facebook, man. It's no, like Facebook. Yeah, it's called yeah, it Facebook. Okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> That's what it's called now, Facebook. Um <laughs> So everybody over on Facebook, please enjoy our our blah we put on <laughs> our blah <face. laughs> we put on the face. Um, that being said, as we kind of mentioned before, uh, thank you for everybody who has been supporting the show, especially you long time you long time donors. We are just so blessed, and I just can't we, we just can't express how blessed we are by you. Um, just to put it out there, we have been having some trouble with PayPal. Seems some similar internet lockdown stuff is going on over there. A lot of people's uh, donations aren't going through. So we are currently looking at alternative donation platforms. Um, that being said, we'll we'll come out with that probably on the next episode. And we're really excited about the stuff we got prepared for you guys. So uh, make sure to stick around, check back. And uh, send us an email if you have any questions or concerns about your donations through PayPal, um, because that's a thing. Yeah, and the stuff we have planned, I know we're notorious for overhyping, under-delivering, but I'm, I'm telling you guys, this one... Nah, this is, this is sweet. It'll match I'm pretty, the hype. I'm, I'm really excited about it, uh, but we're working on it, and we will let you guys know when it's available. Uh, that being said, anything else, Gons? I how's the baby doing the baby the baby's good she's growing good. she's starting to you know the, you know what's cool is she smiles at everybody there you which go kind of nice um smiling but, babies but as soon as you hand her like you if you hand her to somebody that she doesn't know she'll scream bloody murder <laughs> well very, there you go she's very family oriented that's your gone's baby update everybody <laughs> <laughs> make sure to tune in next week but until you do Think outside the cage.